Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MNM podcast. This is the Bladed uh, episode number 23. Uh, I'm Michael Gallagher, uh, and I'm a lecturer in digital education. I'm the program director of the MSc in digital education at the University of Edinburgh, and I'm joined, as always, by Miles. Hi, everybody. I'm, I'm Miles Blaney. I'm um, a service manager in digital learning applications in media and learning, teaching, and web and information services at the University of Edinburgh in the Excellent. world. Excellent. So we're we're recording this. It's been uh, about a six month hiatus. We've t- unintentionally taken. I don't think we, we ever we ever agreed to to, to stop for I think six we had months. Enough of each other, we're like, that's nope. it done. I, this, I, got else, I got nothing else to say to that man. So <laughs> I, I think it was just more. I think life getting in the way a little bit there. I think we both had busy mm. stretches, uh, and you have a family, obviously. Uh, you yeah, know, the, it's been, of yeah. Well, I think we we've. Well, the last one was what November time, and then we've gone to November, December, lockdown three, two, mm-hmm. three. What is yeah. it now? I think that was that was two or three. I can't, remember. I can't yeah. remember now. Yeah. It's, all, it's all blurred into one. So we've, yeah, so that's that's we're coming out of that now, <laughs> and it's nearly June. That's right. <laughs> It's and crazy. I think that's if uh, if anybody's listening in there, you have a different scenario in terms of how you know you've uh, experienced the last six months or seven months. The UK had more or less been on some kind of uh, you know heavy restrictions slash lockdown since December, essentially. Sometime in December, I can't remember. December the twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. I so can tell you right, now, twenty fourth. Just, okay. just right before Christmas, and then we've yeah. been just until recently, uh, to be perfectly honest. So it's been quite quite a stretch. Uh, some of us are getting uh, our vaccination. Some of us are getting it rather soon. Yeah. Some yeah. of us has already got it. <laughs> yeah, so, so everybody, everybody I know has got it, and and there's just us, me, me and my wife, who don't have it yet, but we're going to get it next week. So okay, well done, well done. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day and the day after, which is signs. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. That's it. <laughs> I can regale you with the litany of what I felt the next day. But, nah, uh, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I'm not thankful. I'm very, very thankful to have oh, received yeah. it. And we, I just hope everybody gets it as soon as they can. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's pretty amazing to get to where we are now. And I, do you know what? I'll just say now, the reason why I know the 24th of December is lockdown is because the 23rd of December was the last time I was actually in a pub. So, I see. Mm. I see. Interesting. So it has been a while. It's almost, I. it's been too long. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 kind of returning to uh, some some semblance of of normal. I think for the most part, I was telling you before we started the podcast that you know I had been going down into Moray House, which is the School of Education here, Jealous. and I've been going down once a just just like once a week, and it's just basically to record hybrid teaching kind of setups and how that might look in the classroom and kind of the limitations of what we can do. Uh, with the existing kit, and that's kind of been rewarding. And I found that the people I've interacted with there, we we're clumsily like talking to each other as if we hadn't seen a human being for like years. <laughs> and, and so the we 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 were finding it very difficult just to have the social cues and and to sort of respond in a normal way. But uh, hopefully, but, enough practice will get there. But this is is in a weird concept to think about. You know, eighteen months ago, you walk in a room, you don't even think about contact space you know touching things cleaning you know space space face whatever they are facts and all that kind of stuff that you know washing your hands and now if you go into social space where people are i can imagine in a lecture theater or a seminar room you know even smaller spaces compared to like a tesco's that's all you're thinking about in a weird way but also thinking about how 
you should react how you can interact with people and not make them feel uncomfortable as well because they might be a bit socially anxious because they've gone not had this contact as well except for their their bubbles so it's weird yeah it's a weird time it's a weird time so that whole when i was down in the there was a large lecture hall uh you can only sit in x number of students so we had students in there a handful of students in there socially protected of course and and distance and everything and all Mm. all the tables and the chairs are are basically pinned down uh, so you can't move them. You can't readjust them for any sort of collaboration or group work, obviously, or anything like that. So you're working within these kind of physical restrictions, and that's easy enough to do when you're working. But you're right. It's that it's that more social element of it. You're like suddenly, okay, now we're done working. How do we get out, out the door without <laughs> – how do Bumping all of in. us get out the door without like all you know 16 of us being within closer than one meter – from each other so yeah. there's there's a lot of real pragmatic dimensions you got to work through and then let alone how do we talk to each other after after work uh in a safe way see it, it's it's funny because so this weekend or last weekend the cinema's opened hmm. all right and i would say it's a bit like the cinema where they say it's socially distanced so within a hundred seater cinema there's probably only allowed in like 15 people and they're all socially spaced out but hmm. it's right it's when the film ends, everybody leaves at the same time. That's right. So they're all going to be bumping into each other. And I was like, they've not thought this through really, have they? They're not That's like right. letting Rose out or or and, doing that. And touch points as well. They claim them all the time. And this is where you get down a rabbit hole of it. You're like, it's, it's, it's uh, the people who run the estates uh, on, on campus at the university. I, I mean, have all the credit in the world. Uh, frankly, because they've thought this through and they've marked all the buildings and the buildings at the University of Edinburgh are not designed for this, obviously. I mean, they're old. In many cases, they're very, very old. Uh, My building is from the 1700s or 1800s or whatever it might be, and it looks it. Mm. And uh, so I'm on the fourth. Here's an example, just as anecdotal example. I'm on the fourth floor of a building. My office is past the bathroom. So uh, essentially, or the toilet, essentially for me to actually be able to use it, I have to go, because you're not allowed to go the same direction that you came in. Uh, You're not allowed to backtrack, I should say. So you have to go literally outside the building, all the way down to the first floor, make your way around to the other side of the building, and then come back up and then go straight uh, down the hallway again. So there's a lot to work through, obviously. That's brilliant. We'll we'll get there, but... Needless to say, uh, you know, like you're not as inclined to do just a casual drop into the office. I think with, yeah. with those kinds of restrictions, and and it's it's going to be, you know, I think from the university's perspective as well, how they and from every every workplace, how they now come out of this and what they offer and um, you know, what people want and you know, because it's been a change, a massive change in eighteen months um, from people saying I I don't work at home to having to work from home to maybe the seeing how their views and opinions have changed from that and what they what they like and don't like because there's people that i know that are itching to get back into the office mm. because of their physical space is not you know there's two of them working from home they don't have the space to have them both working at home maybe maybe they're in a shared space so they don't have that space again or maybe they just can't really do 100% of their job from remotely as well. So it'll be interesting to see how things change and, and who has, you know, who can come in, who wants to come in and what the university will provide for those people. Yeah. Um, and that's not just professional services. It's something we talked about previously is, 
you know, by academics as well and, and uh, teaching and how that will be offered. Is it going to be, I know there's a lot of chat right now about um, students coming back on campus for the next year, mm-hmm. the university offering and, and trying to have that same line where we're open. We want you all on campus. We will do as much as we can. I know there's a chat of there's large lecture theatres won't be, large lectures won't be going on, um, you know, with uh, hundreds and hundreds of people but there'll be smaller slim down ones and, and trying to use technology that you talked about as well to um, provide as much stuff. But how much, you know, that hybrid, that fusion word has come in mm. quite a lot right now. Um, that blend of in-person and online at the same time, like you're talking about the practicalities of that, whether that's viable. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So all the last year, 14, 15 months or whatever it has been, uh, it's been you know a period of experimentation, obviously, like blind experimentation at the beginning. I think we were, you know, trying to synthesize what we knew from the from the research and from experience and from all all of these different projects, you know, into something sensible and manageable, but at the same time something that moved very very quickly because we had, uh, you know, the first phase of activity was just the remote you know emergency teaching just to finish out the semester, and then that was followed by a summer of preparing for the academic year where you're redesigning all these courses for some kind of digital approach. And we were trying to work in hybrid, the ability to be on campus into those designs. But for the most part, I'm not, there wasn't a lot of experimentation with the on-campus parts uh, over the academic year because, well, semester two was a complete lockdown. So we we didn't didn't have any option to do it at all. And semester one, I think, you know, people were naturally uh, skittish and there's workload implications and all these different things. So it put a lot of pressure on what we do as a university, what our practices are professionally, I think you're right. And also I think for teaching and also for the students, I think we're starting to get some indication that uh, students would want the option of being able to to study at least parts of their degree online, regardless mm-hmm. if it was a face-to-face kind of program. So I think there's a lot of implications here. And I think that actually segues pretty nicely into how we're going to, we've thought we've been talking about this over the last month or so and how we're going to uh, restructure the podcast a bit. So I think based on our discussions and based on what we've been sort of learning in our positions or respective positions at the university, we're going to kind of break things down according to themes. Yeah. I think that's pretty safe to say. And the themes that we surface here and the themes that we'll discuss here in a second are ones that mean something to us. And I think they mean something to the larger university as well. It doesn't mean this has to be exclusively only about these themes. We, if somebody has a suggestion, we're happy to discuss those kinds of things and go on tangents. But in general, we'll sort of organize everything according to these themes. So, and I think the first theme that we discussed, not necessarily in order of importance, but more uh, just in how they came to us uh, in our discussions uh, was about access and divides. Uh, the idea of the last year, the the in terms of access to who has access to uh, higher education, who has access to this hybridized version of higher education, and where the new or existing divides were uh, amplified, perhaps. So I think that would be largely the first thing. How about the second thing, Miles? You want to talk that one through? Yeah, sure. So the second thing, you know, accessibility regulation practice is something that's very close to to my heart and it impacts all the kind of stuff that we the technologies that we adopt at the university and 
it's something that I think over the last few years, but it's, it's been really um, polarized over since since we've gone into home working and 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 moving to like this hybrid model, adopting more online tools is is the impact of accessibility, and, and that's like when, I, when we're talking about that you know, data protection um, and um, uh, accessibility regulations and how we and how maybe they've been reviewed before and how the the impact of lockdown has kind of focused more us to focus on them more essentially to to make sure that those are being met because i think sometimes you know i think that the great example is zoom at the very beginning when everybody was jumping on to zoom and and um and then questions were were being raised about you know i think there's numerous articles in the media about data protection and access and things like that so and it just kind of highlights that there's there's a bunch of uh, regulations that we have to adhere to um, and how that impacts about what tools we can use and, and we, we can't use and how vendors mix use them as well because you know from reviewing quite a few vendors over the last 18 months it's it's interesting to see how they adopt certain regulations and some don't adopt it as well the California California kid companies, as I like to call them, that um, mm. may ignore certain things. Yeah, and I think that actually raises a lot of good points because uh, COVID or not, we're in this period of exponential kind of ed tech growth, and I oh, think uh, the 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 voice of these of these organizations and what we do as a university is only getting more pronounced, and so we have to have a clear idea. And I think this last 12, 14 months or whatever. The idea of governance and regulation and and compliance, uh, you know, uh, was important because we had the university, largely a university wide experiment in how we might institute these things in these online spaces. But also, too, I think it broadened our sense of what governance and compliance is. I mean, you can be compliant and uh, not uh, in an ethically sound place. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I'm not I'm not pointing to anything in particular because I don't want to get sued. So no. uh, so but you know I'm thinking I'm looking at you, um, you know, more in the remote proctoring space, not you personally, Miles. I mean I mean the company <laughs> the companies wow. in the remote proctoring space. I'm looking at them a little bit more, uh, you know, with the eye a little bit larger than it would be normally. I wasn't and as it, suspicious. Yeah, and it, and and it comes into so you you think about those you know the, these regulations these laws that are, are there that we have to adhere to as well but there's the the ethical things are unwritten do you know what i mean there's there's yeah. no there's no kind of you don't go to some kind of government law, uh, regulating uh, body that says no you can't do that that's, that's written down you know the ethical kind of use of these tools as well is a massive thing that um varies wildly across institutions as well does, yeah. and uh, and countries and so, within uh, even within schools and uh programs I, and and disciplines yes. and all these different things and i think ultimately the takeaway there is that you can be you can be compliant and you can be uh within the lines of governance and you can you know but you can still be ethically suspect i think that's something that you have to balance those things out and hopefully that produces some pretty good conversations in that theme i think that would be a, a on the surface of it, that might be surprising. That would, but that would be really interesting one, I think, to have conversations mm. about because we have a lot of experience with it now. Mm. Uh, theme three, which is around inclusion. So theme one was about access and divides, and that really was about who has access to higher education and what mitigating circumstances are affecting that. 
whether it be, you know, access, uh, what, I'm sorry, whether it be connectivity, whether it be tech ownership, whether it be dedicated space and these sorts of things. Yeah, it's, it's like simple things. Like, sorry, like, you know, access, presumption in the last 15 months, everybody's got a laptop, everybody's got internet. You know what I mean? It's it's this kind of presumption that everybody has access and realistically, no, they don't have access. And how can we, and how are places making that access available to, to users? Because there is a lot of presumptions that, you know, everybody's got high-speed broadband. That's correct. That lives yeah. in the city. And it was very clear they didn't. Yes. And it was and it was very clear, I think, in this last year that um not only students didn't, but staff didn't. Uh, yes. so so there were there were issues with staff at home, obviously like uploading, you know, uh lectures or or recording them or getting cut out of a live session, which we've all experienced before, but uh it's problematic when it's uh, certainly when it's your first time through that scenario, it becomes very uh, scary. So I think theme three is really a little bit different. It's about inclusion in edtech and around the ideas of equity, access, and representation. So it's this idea of what is the impact of this, not only this recent move, but this general trend towards uh, educational technology. What impact does it have on structuring our ideas about what's inclusion, what's equity, who's being represented, and who's not? Who's um, not? Yeah. Who's not? Which is the biggest one? I think we want to surface. Yeah, and, and like historically, you know, um, it, it's about the access to to information services and IT you know, for a a certain group, and trying to broaden that out now, and to uh, you know something like um, open education resources, FemEdTech, Wiki, Wikipedia, Wikimedia and Residence, things like that. We'll discuss within this topic, and it's about you know trying to think about who's not and, and trying to think about how we're trying to involve more groups in and have access to these kind of um uh, these audiences so yeah that's it's, it's an interesting that should be a really interesting one um i think the idea of representation and who who is able who has the voice in all of this is very important and i think oers and uh, open educational res- uh, you know open education in general i think loosens a little bit of those gatekeepers but not eliminates them they're still there yeah i think they're still there but they're a little bit weaker than they would be in maybe for example like traditional academic publishing where it's very very rigid and the gatekeepers are uh, you know much more systematically controlling the the you know the faucet of what comes out mm. uh, the other side i think you you start to see some loosening here in around oer and things. So that should be a really fascinating uh, conversation. The, the fourth theme, which identified as creativity and practice, is really the idea of like how, how teaching is designed, i.e. through learning technologists, through, through, uh, through a partnership with learning technologists and, and faculty or, or other services, how all of this is put together and what creative practices are starting to surface in all of this that we might kind of want to circulate throughout the university. I think there's some work to be done here about circulating all of these things. And there's been some work on this already, the hybrid uh, teaching exchange and, you know, different services at the university around, you know, sort of circulating. But I don't want to, I'm struggling to avoid the term best practice here, but just, just creative. (laughs) I don't want to use that term, but creative practices. So like how people are configuring all of this in ways that make sense to their students. it, it's like you say you don't want to use best practice but it's just practice and it might work over here but it might not work over there and that's, that's right. absolutely fine and i think it's it's being comfortable to say that works really well and it's also thinking about you know the adoption of maybe different styles of um tools 
that have you, you know, schools have gone out and, and this t- suits our audience because it communicates us better than these other things. And that's absolutely fine. I think so you're ha- right. Yeah. Having right. that voice to be able to say that is, would be really interesting to see what some of the schools are actually doing. I agree. I agree. And I think that you're absolutely right. The whole point of that is that you're not trying to normalize into one homogenous practice. You're trying, yes. you're trying to have this diversity of practice existing, uh, uh, not in tension with one another, existing in this kind of ecosystem where all these practices are allowed to exist as long as they're, you know, satisfy these other uh, conditions. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it touches on these other themes that we're talking about. That's in right. a weird way, all the themes are interrelated, but they are definitely separate because they all rely on each other as well. And it's things that, okay, we should be doing for compliance, but also thinking about ethically, but also thinking about access as well. Yeah, so, it's, it's a very complicated thing. But it's an yeah. interesting, it's a really interesting conversation, I think. Yeah. Um, the fifth one is about broadening participation, which in many cases, it's flavors of other themes that we've already discussed. But the idea of broadening participation for specifically for non-traditional students and implications that has for infrastructure. So uh, not just technological infrastructure, but I'm, I'm talking about the, the overall uh, academic and administrative practices of the institution, uh, how this idea of widening participation, who gets to participate uh, in these requires a rethink. So it cannot be just a tack on uh, yeah. where you're just including, you're trying to forcibly shoehorn a particular group into higher education, it requires a sensitivity and a responsiveness from the university to account for these students as well. Yeah, and, and I would say that university, it's built on process and following a certain process for this certain cohort yeah. and, and doing any kind of change, which, you know, I can think of things that have been involved with where they've tried to change some kind of, you know, for the micromasters, for the credit. Mm-hmm. It took a year and a half to get that, people to buy into a change in their heads so trying to change any kind of process is 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 massive absolutely massive job yeah that's a that's one that was kind of thrust into my uh consciousness because i'm working on a a project right now on refugee education in uganda and the whole thing was kind of similar what you're talking about with the micromasters miles is that uh it was the idea that they would take this bridging uh, these refugee students would take these bridging programs Mm -hmm. to prepare them for higher education at which point they would be accepted into one of the participating universities, if not all three. So Makerere University in Uganda or American University of Beirut in Lebanon or us, you know, the University of Edinburgh. Mm. That is highly problematic because it's a very non-traditional uh, structure. So you have to change every permutation of that of that structure to allow for that kind of thing to happen. But that should make for an interesting conversation. Yeah, I think. it will be. And the, the theme six is something we've been kind of keen to to engage with is this idea of diversifying or even uh, decolonizing the idea of digital systems. So there's a lot of activity going on at the university, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, what general kind of diversification, but much more specifically around decolonizing uh, the methodological structures of decolonizing the institution or the university itself. And it's something, you know, my ignorance two years ago, I think when yourself and Marcus talked about this, because we were experimenting, you know, about a bot for for gathering these kind of um, resources from students, you know, to try and decolonize or or diversify um, uh, teaching in a way, the resources that they have. I I never even thought about it. Do you know what I mean? And then the more you think about it, it's, it's just, yeah, it makes perfect sense to, you know, the the 
So the information provided is probably from a Western European slant view because that's where we're based. And so trying to broaden that as well, you know, to represent everybody. You touched on the other themes quite nicely as well, but it's a really interesting topic. It is, yeah. And I think it actually picks up on some of what we were talking about, the gatekeepers a little bit earlier and this idea of inclusion. Mm. I mean, the university, you know, for better or for worse, is is projecting or has has been projecting you know, very global north, very, very uh, Western, very, very, you know, white, very, very, you know, uh, traditionally white male uh, yeah. perspective on what academic knowledge is and what the academic experience is and what academic practice is. And mm. a lot of that is codified into the, maybe not surprisingly to anybody listening, is a lot of that is codified directly into the technology itself as an extension of largely global north and Western and, you know, UK or North American kind of specific uh, spaces. So that conversation, that theme will be largely about what alternatives exist there. How do we challenge some of that, uh, that, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, uh, that colonial, uh, underpinnings of a lot of what this is sort of happening here. And I think we can point to very specific examples in some of these podcasts. Uh, we might save it for the podcast itself. I don't want to burn through all our material, but, uh, but, you know, you can point to actually very, very specific, uh, instances where, something that's seemingly on the surface a very innocuous structure, a technological inclusion or a technological fun- functionality in a particular system yeah. propagates a particular kind of knowledge structure, a particular kind of, uh, uh, you know, a- academic output. It, uh, it others particular populations and these sorts of things. So it's a, it's an interesting, it's a very, very interesting conversation. And we're really keen to sort of engage with a lot of the great work that's been taking place uh, at the university overall. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a really nice broad set of themes, but like I say, I think they all kind of tie into each other. So I think it'll be a really interesting conversation with um, hopefully a lot of people coming on soon. Yeah. So uh, you'll be uh, if you are if you are interested in talking to us about this, just just reach out to one of the or both of us. Obviously, uh, we have people we're going to approach, and we have some people lined up already to have some of these conversations. So we're very excited about that. And more importantly, I think you know. I think I can safely say I think uh, we're back. We are. <laughs> we can say podcast two point oh. Yeah, we we never we never thought we <laughs> never. left. We never. never thought we left particularly, but we realized, oh gosh, it's been six months. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Should, yeah, we should probably get back to it. <laughs> and we're back. Yes. So uh, uh, I guess we'll stop there, and uh, and until next time when we kick off the these thematic units. Uh, thanks so much, Miles. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Michael. And it won't be six months again until we have the next one, okay? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) All right. Take care, everyone. (laughs) 